This week, Nintendo snaps our hopes for a foolproof Joy-Con, Tinder lets you buy your match a lift, and Twitch suffers a major data breach. It's Monday, October 11th, 2021, and this is episode 605 of F5 Live Refreshing Technology, a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options, through our live stream platforms, Livestream.com, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, or of course, on our website, PluckHitsLive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are two ways that you can do that. Uh, the first is you can join us live Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern by going to f5live.tv slash join us. There you can chat with us during the show and give your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. Or you can always subscribe by going to pluckitslive.com slash subscribe. There you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Pluckets Live Presents, and more. And of course, you can find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Now, of course... Tonight is not Sunday, <laughs> so the opening was a little wrong, but that's okay. Um, we've we've had a lot of stuff going on uh, during the weekend. We've had two weekends of Roboticon. We've had personal oddities. It's just been weird. Tonight works out well, and it's always good to see you, Abram. Yes, great to great to see you too. I always so, hate when we have to cancel entirely. I much prefer yeah. when we can figure out another night that we can shift it to. And with Roboticon, yeah, definitely. Oh, it's the only option. <laughs> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely better. We have so. done over the last two weekends. We have done something like thirty hours of of broadcast. <laughs> It's been absolutely uh, wild, but it's been a ton of fun. Hopefully, everybody's been following along. We've been hosting on our Twitch channel, um, the Roboticon TV channel. There's also a Roboticon uh, Tampa Bay YouTube page and a Facebook page. But really, Twitch is the way to the place to be. And I say that for that <laughs> broadcast and for this one because it's the easiest way for us to uh, to watch the chat. So uh, definitely follow us over there. But how have you been since we? We didn't figure this out for last week. Yeah, um, I've been all right. Nothing, uh, nothing particularly exciting going on except for you know the Windows Eleven launch, which we'll talk sure. about later. Um, otherwise, it's you know it's it's been a pretty quiet week uh, week or so. Uh, so yeah, nothing uh, for better or worse. Nothing much. You know, sometimes that's the way you want to go. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, now I shouldn't say that's nothing much because I have worked many hours on Windows 11 how tos. We've got a lot of Windows 11 content, and there's a lot to talk about. But true, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, I've I've definitely been following it for a number of reasons. Um, one, uh, I think we've discussed in the past that 
uh, one of the computers in the office is just outside of official <laughs> uh, support range um, because of the missing TPM, which I have not installed yet because, you know, prepping for Roboticon. Uh, but also, we've got uh, one computer that's not officially supported because of its processor, and uh, I think I think we're going to be talking about some of those oddities later too, right? Yep. Yep. I actually can show you how to get around the requirements. Excellent. The, uh, there is a script that you can use that we've written about uh, that allows you to get around the CPU and uh, TPM requirements of, of Windows 11. Uh, granted, there's some catches to that. Uh, like, you may not be able to download updates after that. But, right. uh you know, little but things like you, security. Little, little, little thing, little things like that. But you know, like if if you're like me and you just want to run it on a, like a virtual machine, for example, so you could play with it, then you probably don't care about like the you know it. You can always upgrade it up, just reinstall it or whatever, because it's not right. really your real computer. So, got it. Yeah, that makes sense. I look forward to talking about that a little later in the show. Uh, but I guess. We've been gone for a while. Our first topic is a big one because it's actually from not this week, but last week because we needed to talk about it. So I guess let's get right into the news. This week's Nifty Gifties and F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, a Xbox games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything. And to browse the products and learn more about the discounts, you can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. So before we get into this topic, I want to talk about a previous Pilch Point topic that, uh, that ties in with the Microsoft Store. That, uh, um, so we talked about being able to find products that are in short supply, and uh, I managed to, to uh, finally get an Xbox Series X this week because... I followed uh, the instructions from the Pilch Point a couple of months back. Fantastic. Which <laughs> so, instructions in particular helped you? The Hot Deals? Is that the name of the app? Hot Stock. I think Hot Stock, yes. Hot Stock. That's it. Yeah. So I got a push notification that they were in the Microsoft store. Whoop. Off I went, and uh, hopefully it'll be delivered soon. So... Huzzah! That's, it works! Uh, that's that's great. Fantastic. <laughs> if there's ever any question about uh, the legitimacy of of, uh, of apps like that, I can personally attest to that it worked. So, um, great. But, but, so, uh, obviously we were off last weekend, um, and because of Roboticon, our team was off entirely preparing for it, and so what we missed was Amazon's new products that they launched. Uh, they've got some good ones. They've got some bizarre ones, as always. Um, and so I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Uh, first, is there a Blink 
uh, wireless doorbell, which is wired or wireless, which I thought was an interesting thing. Um, they're officially competing with themselves, which I thought was right. Odd. So how would you compare this to the ring? So I, I looked at some direct comparisons. This one offers in one product, the ability for it to be wired or wireless, but what it doesn't come with is the, um, the alert hub or sync module. That's what they called it, uh, which costs a little more, but that brings it up. So it's $10 less than the wired ring. And then with the sync module, it's $10 less than the wireless ring. So generally it's less expensive. It's still got the same high quality uh, video capability. It's still got the ability to uh, respond to it through all of your, your uh, Echo devices. There don't seem to be a whole lot of things missing, uh, if anything, uh, and it's $10 less. So how... So I didn't realize Ring had gone down to fifty nine. Last I checked, it was ninety nine dollars for for Ring, for the wired uh, one. I I think for the maybe for the wireless. Yeah, I think the uh, wireless one is is ninety nine, um, and this one uh, with the sync module, I believe, is eighty nine. The sync so, module does does what? Uh, exactly. It's the thing that allows it to be wireless and be useful. Uh, so you can get your notifications, right. you can hook it up I mean, into your, your Alexa and all that. Yeah, I mean, because I can't imagine too many people have an Ethernet near their front door. True. <laughs> True. I mean, that seems that seems like an uncommon situation to have Ethernet wired to your near your front door. Yeah, it's it's all so, very strange on that, but you know... The fact that it's even at even at in the full wireless mode, you know, the eighty nine dollars um, versus the ninety nine, I don't. The only difference is that this doesn't dial into the Ring service. Uh, it it you know stores stuff to its own version of a cloud backup, but uh, and how much it and how much is it? The um, cloud backup a fair service, right? Because. A fair question. I don't remember the all the details. Um, Thirty day trial, blink subscription plan, uh, or you can do locally. Uh, you can save locally with it if you don't want to go to the. Oh, that's interesting because my mother has a ring, and. Basically, it's not that useful to her because it doesn't. She'd have to pay, I think, something like five or ten dollars a month to have it record. So she doesn't bother. So she can see who's at the door right now, but mm -hmm. she can't see if somebody came by and dropped her package a minute ago or whatever. Uh, so understood. Yeah. Um, well. The thing is, it's actual, I, I actually possible that the sync module is only for doing things locally. Now that I'm on their website looking more like at more details about this, the wired version might just be for wiring into like an existing uh, bell for right. the doorbell um, and for um, maybe power. But it looks like. It's talking I mean, about. You have to. It might be. It might have, have to Wi-Fi. Yeah. 
It, um, it actually runs on two AA batteries for, I think, up to six months. Oh, wow. That's, uh-huh. that's pretty impressive. Yeah, with when we installed my mother's, we had to, like, unscrew her doorbell, which was probably, like, easily 50 or 60 years old. And, uh, and attach this. Although, we didn't mind, because we didn't want to, like, you know, we liked the sound of the original. In fact, at my house, that would be one of our biggest uh, complaints, right, is we want to keep our existing door chime because mm-hmm. our house came with like ones that actually like chime. They're like metal things or whatever that nice. bang each other or whatever. So I'm like, hey, I don't want to get rid of that for some cheap uh, electronic noise. But um, the yeah, anyway. I mean, it's 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 good. I mean, I guess it's good. I I, I still have my feelings about having like that kind of data sent to the cloud. I mean, I guess it's better having it pointing outside your house than within. Sure. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's a decent deal. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people want that. So. Ring, the most the most famously rejected uh, device uh, <laughs> item on Shark Tank, right? They, uh, I don't even watch Shark Tank that much, and I happened to watch the time when Ring came on, and they said, "What kind of burglar is going to knock on your front door?" And so they didn't want to fund Ring. Oops. They didn't want to. The sharks didn't want to fund Ring. They thought it was a bad idea. Um, <laughs> and uh, now you see that not only is ring a huge leader in an industry it created but now it's being copied also by its own parent company right it created a it created a market that uh i don't think people knew they they wanted i i think you're right and you know speaking of ring um one of the other things that was announced was the ring alarm pro system which is similar to the previous ring alarm system um it's got four window and door sensors, um, a Z-Wave base that also acts as a Wi-Fi 6 router. Um, it's got a keypad and a motion sensor. So that's a that's an interesting set of things. Um, at $299, it's a decent price um, and can be used uh, with the Ring um, uh, monitoring plan, which is an interesting um, addition to it that, you know, is different from other Z-Wave stuff if you were to get another Z-Wave powered thing. I like the fact that it's got a Wi-Fi 6 router built into it. I think that's a pretty clever idea. Um, it also comes with a, a Z-Wave extender in case the you've got something in a place where the, re, the relays choke. You know, a garage door or something, you get a, uh, a relay in between. It seems like a pretty good little little set, especially for 299 yeah. And and that takes care of the issue of uh, of cameras pointing into the house because in this kit there are no cameras. It's all done through more traditional security stuff, you know, window door sensors and uh, motion detector. So, and I like the keypad for arming and disarming. Makes it feel a little bit more like a traditional security system. Yep. Um did you see the 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 smart thermostat that looks like nothing <laughs> it, it looks a little like nest to me 
except that like it's a white body with white numbers that are just basic yeah, seven segment displays. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it doesn't look as nice as NAS, but it obviously looks like they're trying to, you know, come to this is Amazon's answer to Nest. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I mean, ultimate. It, it's no glass by uh, Johnson Controls. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, I, I don't know the market share of these. I would love to know, but it seems mm -hmm. like these days, people, if you want smart home, there's two ecosystems. There's Amazon and there's Google. Mm -hmm. And then you can get things that are outside of those ecosystems, uh, you know, that are on op more open standards like Zigbee and Z-Wave. Right. But a lot of people are buying things Oh, is it compatible with my assistant? I'm gonna run everything from the assistant. Right. And you know, my now the I, I mentioned yeah. the I mentioned the glass in particular because I have one, <laughs> as do my parents, um, because I love the aesthetic of it less than the other stuff. But yeah, it works with both uh, Google and uh, A. <laughs> I don't want to trigger it in anybody's house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you know, uh, yeah, it's easy to accidentally trigger Google too, but you have to say uh, something before the word Google. Not, not quite as easy as my accidental triggering <laughs> of um, uh, Apple's nosy little friend occasionally during the show. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> but it's it's an interesting interesting look, and it's definitely inexpensive at a uh, fifty nine ninety nine. Without the the if you don't need the C wire adapter and uh, eighty four ninety eight if you do, um, way less than the what two forty nine that the that the glass premiered at for sure, um, but again this is designed to be a simple thing that has to be on the wall that's intended to be used through the very full featured um, companion app for Amazon's assistant. Um, or through the assistant herself, um, where you can do all the things. This is designed to be pretty simple. Um, very little to it on the wall. Uh, for me, it's a good sign. Basically, there's only a couple of companies when it comes to thermostats that, like, long-term have ever mattered, and it's Johnson Controls and Honeywell, and this one's made by Honeywell uh, for Amazon. So that's a pretty good sign. Uh, that it's yep. that it's a good thermostat. It's not just a, a kitschy tech device. It's a good thermostat. So yep. that's that's important, right? We we get into these things. Yep. Um, uh, Kim Kelly, the CEO of Hampton Products, talks all the time about how you know they're a lock company, they're a security company that added tech to their products as opposed to being a tech product tech company that's trying to do security. <laughs> Um, they make things like Benji lock for those, uh, listeners who may not know. Um, and so, you know, they're a security company that added technology and Honeywell is a thermostat company that teamed up with Amazon to add smarts. So that seems like a, a good pairing to me. Um, then we've got some of the, I don't know products. Uh, you've got the halo view, which doesn't seem like a, bad product it just seems like they're way too late to matter here i don't know am i wrong there am uh, what's your name avram they're amazon you're <laughs> <Abram>. <laughs> uh 
yeah uh yeah i don't see the point of having a another fitness tracker uh i mean i guess there may be people who want something i mean again it's the ecosystem right i mean i guess they want if you really want to have your fitness if you want to have amazon running your life uh the uh i really don't want to have uh to have my fit i mean i really am reticent about having my fitness data go anywhere in fact mm -hmm. even me having it <laughs> i don't even want me to have <laughs> data so um you know it's yeah i i, I don't see uh i don't see this as being uh great but i mean look i guess if you want to fill out an ecosystem of stuff amazon uh, wants to fill out its ecosystem of stuff and just by yeah. being part of Amazon it has you know Amazon is now has has been a hardware company for a while yeah I remember when Amazon came out with first came out with its fire tablets and, it, and people thought that's crazy who wants a tablet for Amazon or you know I mean True. the one that they the one that they haven't gotten back into and I don't think and I hope they don't uh was phones right remember yeah. when we had a phone uh, oh for a minute yeah there? Oh. so you know i mean other than the kin maybe it was possibly the most disappointing uh phone yeah, launch i mean i mean if amazon wanted to you know it has the power probably in the marketplace to to now create a palatable uh phone yeah it also it tried to innovate at that time by doing uh -huh. something weird with the cameras whereas if it just wanted to say like just have another opportunity to get your data and to promote amazon shopping to you it probably could it probably could you know find a way to to have somebody manufacture phones for it that were amazon yeah. branded and had amazon uh stuff all over them but uh, uh that just feels a little in some of these things just feel a little intimate to me for like a the shopping site that wants to sell me things to have them inside my home it's not you know in my mm -hmm. phone uh whatever which i guess leads us to the next one which is the astro yeah yeah so this one's got all kinds of issues right um from inside the company. So the Astro is a robot. Um, it looks like it's halfway between a, a, an Echo Show and a Roomba, but it's got a periscope on it, which is its own kind of weird thing. Uh, and it's able to like follow you around or follow intruders around. We, we all remember those little robots that like the little sentinel robots from when you were a kid that don't actually work, but every kids got real excited about them this is that but amazon big i mean the and thing it's weird. is telepresence robots right mm -hmm. have been now there's an interesting question as to whether telepresence robot is a great thing or not but sure uh is is very useful or not in a world where people have phones and tablets and whatever to to talk to each other but effectively this could be seen as a telepresence robot except sure. that it's also Amazon. And again, the, and telepresence robots do tend to cost a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Maybe they shouldn't, 
but they do. Um, I do. My friend, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the company that he does, that his client, my friend Ethan, who does, uh, who runs Lightspeed PR, um, they have a client that does that makes telepresence robots and their telepresence robots are easily, I think at least $3,000. Right. Uh, and they are, you know, a good quality camera that rolls around, rolls around and is actually probably less convenient than this because it's much, much larger to basically do the same thing. I think one of the things that they found that is interesting in their telepresence robot is that they actually use it for um, like they send it to hospitals to visit sick kids. Okay. And so like the kids want to get a visit from an athlete or something like that, or, or they, especially now with COVID they don't want people coming into the hospital. They have, you know, they yeah, put the athletes Jersey on, they have arms for it that, that don't work. They don't do it, sure. move, but they can put on a, a shirt on it. They can put a jersey on it and have it roll around the hospital, uh, you know, greeting people. Now, is that, I mean, I guess it's a novelty, right? Sure. Um, is it significantly better than handing somebody a tablet with a, with, you know, tele, with a video conferencing app on right. it? I don't know. I mean, I, I love the idea. I mean, if, if my house were bigger, uh, I would love to have one of these. Let's roll, you know, if I'm not here, just roll around and see what's going on. But I mean, it, it, I mean, it certainly kind of assumes that you're going to have a, a, a fairly large, these can't, things can't climb stairs. So you're going to have to have a fairly large uh, one floor of your house where you uh-huh. want it to be. And there's not going to be a lot of toys on the floor knocking <laughs> it over, yeah. you know, I mean, there's just like in the pictures you see of it, it's got an enormous space to roll around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know too many people without much floor space, without any, uh, any stairs or any right. obstruction that would prevent it from being that useful. But sure. You know, I mean, it's a cute, it's, it's a cute idea whether I would want Amazon to be the, Right. The one who has that kind of access to my home is uh, another question. And it's interesting that you mentioned stairs because uh, there was a report from Motherboard that came out where they spoke to some uh, employees who had been on the project and they said, this thing is not ready for prime time. It's running into things. The AI is not great. In fact, it was described by them as terrible. Um so, not a great uh, bit of information to be released the day after this thing is announced. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there have been attempts at this before. Does anybody yeah. remember the Asus Zenbo? Oh my uh, goodness. I mean, that was like, how many years ago was that? Six years ago? Seven yeah. years ago? It, you know, it came out in Taiwan only. And... Uh, you know, and they never came out with it in the U.S. Um, so, but it was a similar attempt, and I'm sure Amazon can do better than that because at least Amazon has Alexa. Oh, apparently with time, the face got creepier. 
There is now a Zenbo Jr. and a Zenbo Jr. Yes. 2. And yeah, there was. I remember the Zenbo Jr. being at CES. Again, one that I don't think ever came to US. Um, the the eyes are like little like little anime child eyes, yes. and they're horrifying. Yes, yes. you. There is definitely going to be if there isn't already a Black Mirror episode where it kills. Um, <laughs> oh, for sure. Well. If you would like Amazon to uh, uh, roam around your house learning when you've run out of dog food or whatever weird thing these cameras are going to be used for, um, you can possibly get one through invitation uh, for a grand. And if you're not one of the lucky ones to get the invitation, when they launch to the public, they will be $1,500. Yeek. Um, then there's a couple of uh, weird products. Um one is the Amazon Glow, which seems to combine a Fire tablet with um, one of our uh, CES uh, top picks from 2020, the Microvision Projection Computer. Uh, it's got a little bit of both, which I think is an interesting combination. The screen can be used to communicate with family members that are, that are uh, distant, um, and you can play games with them and things. It's a really interesting concept. It's specifically designed for kids. But it's $250, so I don't know how kid-friendly um, a little portable thing like this is that's $250. As we've talked about in the past, you know, kids and portable things can be a, can be a challenge. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. What do you think about that one? Uh... I don't know. I mean, I, I just think, I just think it's, there's, I mean, how much Amazon do people have in their lives? Right. Yeah. But it is an interesting product. We, you know, um, the, what appears to be the base for the technology, which is microvision, which this could explain why our microvision, uh, uh, video views went up from a year and a half ago because um, <laughs> they might actually be involved in this because they know their patents were being licensed. So, uh, you know, the gadget professor, Don Bain, gave this his top pick from the, that, his top pick from 2020 because it was a really interesting product and something that we saw value for for our broadcast team. But I don't know how kid-friendly it is. But... One Amazon product that is kid-friendly is Hey Disney. Um, it is an interesting combination of things. It is a skill for their assistant uh, <laughs> that allows you to trigger uh, through the command Hey Disney. Uh, there is an OtterBox built stand that gives your Echo Show 5 a... Um, uh, a Mickey Mouse belt and ears. Um, and this will be included in all uh, Walt Disney Re Resort hotel rooms uh, here in Orlando. So it's an interesting partnership. I don't know what it's going to be capable of, what it's going to be able to trigger since it's going to be in the rooms, it seems like it would have to be pretty generic, like not 
person specific. It would have to give like Disney information. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I can say is don't do anything in your Disney hotel room. You don't want the mouse to hear. <laughs> the mouse and the Bezos. Uh, yes. <laughs> since it's a combination of the two. I don't yeah. know what to do with that. Uh, but it'll be out next year. It'll be in uh, Disney early in the year, and it's going to launch um, as a skill for your own personal uh, spy devices. I'm sorry, Echo devices. Uh, <laughs> a, little, <laughs> yes. a little later in 2022. There was also more information, including a possible uh, release date on their little flying drone. But since that's not a new product, I decided not to cover it because uh, we already know uh, quite a bit about it. But it's a security drone. It's weird. I don't know what to think about it. And the good news is we don't have to because now it's time for the Pilch Point. This week's Pilch Point with Abram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all your devices, and you can get a special price right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash PureVPN. And I will tell you, I was recently using that uh that uh like remote capability feature that we've talked about <laughs> um to and don't listen uh bbc but definitely used it to trick the bbc into thinking i was in manchester to watch stuff on channel four so <laughs> that would actually be that would actually be real helpful to me because my daughter now is really my two-year-old is really into the show that is on the BBC iPlayer called Jojo and Grand Grand. Okay. It is on, they play it on Nick Jr., which she watches, but online, it's not on, on, on Paramount Plus, which carries Nick Jr. content. Gotcha. It's only on BBC iPlayer. So if you want to watch it online, you, you can't. So in, gotcha. in the US, anyway. Well, I'm going to well, give our... I found some clips on YouTube. I'm going to give our yeah. listeners and viewers a little bit of a trick with Pure VPN. If you if you go to our link and scroll down and select two years and then move your mouse up like you're going to close the tab, they'll give you an even better price. Just putting that out there. Um, that's a little bit of a trick from the website in case you're curious. I've been subscribed for a while, but I test that every once in a while, and it absolutely works. And uh, I will tell you that I was testing it on... Uh, the my main computer in my office, which is running Windows 11, which we're going to talk a little bit more about since it's officially out. Yes. Yes. So welcome to the age of Windows 11, because as of October 5th, uh, as of October 5th, you can Windows 11 is an official operating system. Now, if you've been following along, uh, either with our show or just with the news in general, you know that people have been able to use Windows 11 as a uh, beta product. If you were in the Windows Insider program, anyone could get it since June. But it is now, if you've been holding out, 
it is now officially official. It is final. However, that does not mean that everybody who has an eligible uh, PC, an eligible, we'll get into that in one second, uh, can update right can automatically update right now or will be offered an update right now because microsoft is rolling it out over a period of months and has said that some folks won't get the offer to upgrade until you know until 2022 now there's a way around that where you can get it today and i'll and i'll talk about that in a second first of all what do you let's talk about what you need to run windows 11 and then let's talk about whether you should run Windows 11. So first of all, what you need to run Windows 11. You need at least, you need a, a dual core CPU that supports TPM 2.0 security, which realistically means because they have a list of supported CPUs, you need an Intel 8th gen CPU or newer, or an AMD Ryzen uh, 2000 series CPU or newer. You need a... You need at least you need at least I think eight gigs of RAM or the four gigs. You need at least four gigs of RAM, sixty-four gig of storage, uh, and the CPU requirement is I think the tougher one, the tougher one to meet. So if you meet all those requirements, uh, and if you're not sure, there's a PC Health Check app you can run. Uh, but if you meet all those requirements, you can look in your Windows 10 settings right now, and it will probably tell you, hey, you're eligible for the upgrade. And it may or may not say you can download the upgrade right now, or you have to wait. You do not have to wait if you really want Windows 11. There is something called the Windows Upgrade Assistant, Update Assistant, that you can download from Microsoft.com, run that, and it will force an update right away, provided that your system meets all the requirements. But let's get to the heart of the matter. Should you even bother? Should you do it? So let's take it for those who haven't been keeping up. Let's take a quick look and I will share my screen and you can see what, uh, what Windows 11 looks like. So this is the default screen for Windows 11. Uh, this stuff on top is because I'm running this in a virtual, a virtual machine. That means uh, it is running on top of my regular Windows, so I can show it to you without uh, without interfering with my regular computer. And obviously, you notice that it has the taskbar here, the start centered. You have the start menu uh, here, which does not have live tiles anymore. Got to click through for, to see all your apps. Um, besides that, we have context menus that have been shortened. And if you want to see all of the options, you got to right click and see view more options. You have a widget. You have multiple desktops as you had before in Windows 10. You have this widget module, which allows you to kind of, it's basically the homepage of MSN. Um, you have the Microsoft store, which has been given a sort of fresh coat of paint, um, which may or may not load as I'm trying to show it to you, but it's the Microsoft Store, nothing too exciting. You have uh, windows look a little bit different. They're a little more rounded. And you have this, these snap options, which are kind of neat to help you kind of figure out, oh, I want this layout, I want that layout. Of course, this all, this all is assuming you've got multiple windows open. 
Uh, it handles multiple Windows and desktops a lot better than it used to because if you're connected to an external monitor, let's say on a laptop, and then you disconnect instead of uh, just automatically moving your windows over and, and opening them on the, having to take a space on the, on the laptop screen, it will leave them minimized until you reconnect again or move them. So it handles some of that stuff better, but it does some things a lot worse. Uh, first of all, you have a lot less control over the taskbar. You cannot move it. I mean, there's hacks that I can talk about that will let you move it, but officially, you cannot move this, you cannot resize it. Uh, what you can do is you can make the icons align to the left uh, if you want, officially, you know, with the settings menu. You can do that. I can go to taskbar behaviors and I can set it to left, but uh, you cannot. Uh, ungroup the icon. So if you want to have, let's say you've got multiple windows open uh, in previous windows, you could say, oh yeah, I'm going to make sure that each of these has its own icon. Can't do it. Um, the So you can't easily, there's just not as much control and customization over a lot of things that you had control over custom and customization over. Uh, I also personally hate the start the, the, I'm sorry, the search menu uh, on Windows 10, you had it in the bar. Here you got to, I mean, I guess it's effectively the same number of clicks, but you got to, you got to click to, to see it. Um, the start menu takes up more space, but actually seems to have less on it without you clicking. So there's pluses and minuses. And then, and then it's time to talk performance. So there have been a couple of stories that have come out about, about Windows 10, Windows 11 performance. And one of them from one of them, AMD themselves said, we, we have to issue a patch later this month because we've seen performance slowdowns in Windows 11 on our processors and pretty much all of their modern day processors, even, even you know, first gen rise and second, all, almost all of the processors anyone would have from AMD. Uh, slowdowns of up to 15%. And that wow. is, so that, so that's pretty bad if you're on AMD. Another thing that has come out is that, is that our colleagues at PC Gamer wrote a story where they said, holy cow, Microsoft's new security, security setting, uh, which is known as HVCI, or uh, memory isolation can slow down gaming up to 25%. Now, there we did our own study at Tom's Hardware and we actually found it to be more like five to 7%. Uh, there, they tested with an older generation processor. And let's also keep in mind that memory isolation is not on by default. So the, the, it's a little bit of an overhyped problem. It will slow the way that memory isolation and uh, ultimately it's part of something called VBS virtualization based security uh, works is that it, it makes sure that there's this kind of a secure enclave in your memory that not all apps can, can access. So, so as to protect some of your data, if, if protect, even if you've got malware, it couldn't reach, it couldn't reach into that part of your memory. So the, while Microsoft is recommending that OEMs 
turn VBS and you know memory isolation on by default on some system on some systems that qualify for it and by qualify for it we mean those with like the latest 11th gen processor or latest Ryzen the very latest it's still you can it's still a lot of uh, OEMs are not going to turn it on we've talked to some including MSI who told us that they're not going to turn it on because it does have a performance impact so that one might be a little bit overhyped. We have a story on how to tell if you have VBS enabled, which you probably don't, and disable it if you wish. But the the AMD thing is is really unfortunate. And I guess I come back to this. You do not have to upgrade to Windows 11. There is not a really compelling reason to upgrade to Windows 11. The, the best features that have been talked about there are mostly UI features, which you can love or hate. Personally, I don't like them. I don't like the less control over your taskbar, a bigger start menu that's more in your face with less information on it, and and context menus that make you click twice to see the same information that you saw with one click in previous versions of Windows. Now, granted, uh, visit our site if you do want to run Windows 11 because of Tom's because of Tom's hardware. We have stories about how to use registry hacks to get your start to get your context menu back uh, to be a full context menu to or to change the taskbar out so that you can do some more things with it, like ungroup, to um, to move it to the top of the screen, to change your start menu. So there are hacks, but. If all you've got going for you is I'm going to hack this stuff so I get it to be more like the operating system I upgraded from, that's not very appealing. <laughs> Some of the, the, uh, I mean the highly the, the best new feature is this snap. In my view, is the snap feature, and honestly, it's not like you couldn't snap before. Uh, the highly touted ability to run Android apps in Windows is not there, so and. Windows 10 is going to continue to receive support and updates till at least 2025. So there's not a really great compelling reason to upgrade to Windows 11 unless you really like the look of the new start menu. And I guess I can say to, to each their own, uh, we certainly have a lot of advice on Tom's hardware for people who want to do the upgrade. Uh, but for people asking me, should you upgrade or not? My answer is, unless you really like the look, don't bother. Yeah, and you know we we talked in previous episodes about you know the, some of the issues with with the appearance, particularly the start menu, and it's uh, I don't like the fact that I can't that you can turn off the suggested documents or whatever that section's called, but you don't gain that space back. <laughs> yeah, rec still, the recommended the recommended space. Yeah, you can turn that feature off, but you don't get that space back. It will continue to be dead space with a, hey, did you know you turned this off? <laughs> yeah, they they want you to use, it's, it's you know, the other thing is, I just find the whole widgets thing completely useless. So they have that widgets menu mm -hmm. that I showed, what, that's just basically the homepage of MSN that flies out, that flies out at you. Okay. By the way, if you change, oh, one thing I didn't mention, it's more difficult to change your default browser in Windows 11. Than yeah. Uh, we have a story on how to do it, though. It's not that difficult. Uh, and, and, and the Coach Point episode on how to do it. 
Yes, that's right. We talked about it. Um, so yeah, it, we've been getting a we've been getting a lot of traffic on that this week. Yes, yes. So, I mean, look, people are there. Are people who are going to want to have the latest and greatest. As someone who works in this industry and has to keep up, uh, I'm running it on my laptop and not my desktop, uh, and I'm running it in a virtual machine so I can do my research on it, tutorials mm-hmm. on my desktop, and eventually I will have to switch because I got to keep up with. With, I got to keep up with with what the latest is so I can be aware of what's going on. But for everyone else who just wants to use their computer, uh, there's not really a great compelling argument to be to be upgrading. Yeah, and and I I will concur with that. I've got you know obviously everybody knows we've got tons of computers around here and only one of them's running it, and that's because I had to have something running it. <laughs> to be able but, to you know, talk about it. Microsoft's, Microsoft probably doesn't care that much about the upgrades, to be honest. I think they're much more concerned about this is a way for OEMs to kind of push new PCs. Yeah. So at a certain point, very soon probably, every new laptop that you buy or desktop that you buy will have 11, not 10. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, I've... While... While watching uh, content on the BBC, I I definitely saw commercials for their electronics retailers that were all showing laptops running Windows 11 and talking about it pretty hard. So they're already pushing it hard. Yep. So, I don't know. Uh, but like you said, if, if you, people are really interested in it, you guys have... A lot of yes, a lot we of have like information. dozens and dozens of articles on Windows 11 on Tom'sHardware.com. Come check us out. We have a review of it. We have how to upgrade now. We have how to avoid the TPM requirements. You can get around those requirements, although you won't necessarily get an update. Get updates after that, so mm. that's purely experimental. But uh, if you want to know how to do something in Windows 11, there's a very good, especially get around some of its annoyances. Uh, right now, I'm actually working on an article that sums up some of the stuff called the 11 worst features of Windows 11 and how to and how to fix them. Uh, so a lot of things that I just named are on the list. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we have it all. We have a lot of Windows 11 information. So come check us out at Tom'sHardware.com. Very good. Well, as always, Abram, I appreciate it, and I look forward to what we talk about next. Extra Life and F5 Live is proudly powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Crates get delivered to your door. It's like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every month. And to learn more about the crates that are available, you can go to f5live.tv slash lootcrate. All right. Now, we talked about some exciting things out of Nintendo uh, a couple weeks ago. But with everything good, seems to come at least something bad. And uh, that is no different here. 
Um, we know that the newest um, uh, Switch hardware has just um, come to market. It's the Switch OLED. And one of the things that people were hoping would be addressed with this new hardware would be the drift on the Joy-Cons. If you've not been uh, active with a Switch, you may not know that they have this horrible trend of accepting input that is not entered um, from the joysticks. You are talking, but I'm not hearing you. I saw your mouth move. Oh, sorry. I've experienced that today. Oh, did you? Yes, oh, no. my son and I spent a lot of time this weekend playing uh, playing Minecraft Dungeons on his Switch. Mm -hmm. And we have, first of all, one of the Joy-Cons we can't use at all. Uh, and we can't, well, we don't trust. And the other yeah. one is just a little bit messed up where sometimes it sticks and I can't move it. And then sometimes it moves itself a little bit. The, the red Joy-Con sometimes presses its, this is not a, I don't think this is related to Joy-Con drift exactly, mm -hmm. but it sometimes presses its own home button when you're using it. Uh, not and that is the apps that is even worse because you're in the middle of a game and it like just suddenly takes you to the main menu. So yeah, no good. So, uh, but yeah, we have drift and you know, for those who aren't up on switch, it's like $80 to buy new joy cons. So yeah, it is. And I don't think there's really a competent third party. I mean, you can buy third party joy cons, but I don't think anything that's from a, a brand that people trust. Right. And, and they're not so cheap that it's worth risking it. I think they're like for forty or fifty dollars, you can get right. knockoff Joy Cons that I don't know if I would trust. I wouldn't trust. And, and of course, that's the problem, right? So, so we were all kind of hoping that the new hardware would come with some fixes. We know that the Switch Lite did address some of it. It got a little better. Um, so the hope was that maybe it would be addressed here uh, in a Q and A. That was published. Um, no, uh, two of the the hardware developers have essentially said um, that the Joy-Con drift is inevitable. The way that the the joysticks are designed, there is physical uh, contact between materials inside, and so uh, they will eventually wear out. It was by the the general manager of of technology development from Nintendo um, compared it to tires on a car. So that's not great, especially when you take into consideration that I have uh, original controllers for all of the Xboxes, all of the Playstations, an Atari 2600. I don't have any drift. <laughs> um, and Maybe, maybe the actual design of the joysticks is a mistake. Maybe yeah, whatever they I did for the I think they're using a cheap I've, part. Yeah, because I've got, I've got uh, an N64 controller that I promise has seen more use than any Switch Joy-Con that I've put my hands on. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, we, we had it in a youth center. I can guarantee those joysticks have been abused. Because, uh, you know, it's yeah. the... the the tragedy of the masses, right? So of the commons. So it's not my thing. I'm going to really go. And those joysticks yeah, work like yeah. a champ. It's got to be that the actual design of the joysticks themselves. Maybe they should go back to an N64 joystick. 
Yeah, I mean, if you've ever seen some of the kits they sell for replacing these, you see how cheap it is to replace them. I mean, mm -hmm. but I have watched the videos on how you replace the joysticks, and it is not... Um, it is not for the faint of heart because there's yeah. a lot of little parts in there that you have to take out to get to the joystick. And it's very, there's a very good chance that you can't get it back. There's a decent chance you can't get it back together again. Okay. Uh, so we have not attempted it also part primarily because we have this, this other problem with home button drift yeah. that I have not seen anybody address where the home button which the, sil the yeah. silicon pad inside may have shifted a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I think that what I think Nintendo should charge less money for these things and people wouldn't feel as bad. I mean, yeah. they shouldn't wear out as quickly as they do. That's yeah. for sure. But, you know, it cannot possibly cost them anywhere. They, I wonder what their margin is on the joy. Yeah. Because a pair of joy cons is 80 bucks. Yeah, you know, these are the times where I really miss working at Radio Shack, where I could go look at what our store cost was on something. <laughs> Cause, yeah, cause but even some... then, you wouldn't know what no. Nintendo's markup was. No, but right? I mean, you could at least get an idea knowing that there's levels within the company that all were adding a little markup before they managed to make it to a retail I mean, store. I would, and you could at least get an, a feel for what they were charging the company which you know yeah. they're making money on. <laughs> I don't know why there aren't more third-party alternatives. Right. Like, I, I mean, maybe that, may, you know, because with, with, like, PlayStation controllers, um, you know, PC controllers, whatever, you... Everybody's you get, in the you, game. You know, right? So it would be good if there were better alternatives to these. And particularly from, it, from one of the big companies, right? I'd like to see yeah. Razer and or Logitech, right? They've been yeah. making Although controllers they probably charge forever. A, charge a, a boatload. And if you only had to do it once, though. Yes, I mean I'd, if they, I'd pay. I'd pay one hundred and forty. Yeah, I'd pay one hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty to get. If I knew that the the joysticks weren't going to drift out on me, I'd I'd yeah. buy two I mean, joy cons to not say have to that, do it again. Though. How will? When will you know? Right. After you've had it for two years, uh -huh. <laughs> after other people have had it for two years, then, you know, I mean, if they make it cheap, at least you could say, well, if I have to replace this every year, I won't feel as bad. Right. Uh, but the, yeah, it's the Logitech controller mod, uh, model versus the Razer controller mod, uh, mod model business model. <laughs> yeah. So, cause we used to know. sell the Logitech it's... ones for like 17 bucks at Radio Shack. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, those yeah. get chewed up. Okay. It's better than a, right. a $59 one from Sony for your PlayStation 3. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I would like to see... I Maybe it's inevitable that the that with this type of design... Like Thanos. Stick, uh, yeah. Maybe it's inevitable <laughs> with this type of design of stick. They can't make it work for long. Great. So make them a lot cheaper so we can mm -hmm. easily replace them because, I mean, yeah, I I don't even know. Or give a lifetime warranty or something. I was going to say, I have a better warranty a... program. Although, once again, it's not a great situation because if I were to ship back 
my son's Joy-Cons, and I don't know when that we would get them back, and then we could play it, or we could play the Pro Controller or whatever. So you can't really you can't really win. It's just the, the easiest thing would be if it were more affordable. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate. It's not the news that we were all hoping for with the new hardware, but I do think it's the news that we were all expecting. I don't think... Well, it's I don't think too many. Yeah, I don't think too many people were uh, setting their expectations incorrectly here. I think Switch fans had, uh, had you know, resigned themselves to the, the reality that this is how the Joy-Cons are, and this generation is lost <laughs> to joysticks. <laughs> Oh well, this is where we are. This week's news from the tubes in F5 Live is probably powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop. It and actively blocks threats like tro Trojans, Rootkit, Spyware, and more. And you can use your computer and mobile device with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash Malwarebytes. So we don't usually talk about dating apps. Um, but this week, things have gotten a little interesting with Tinder... Obviously, we know that Tinder kind of changed the way dating apps work. They went from pro, you know, being more profile-based to being more swipe-on-photo-based. Um, the company seemed to be shocked that that turned into more of a hookup culture than a dating culture. But uh, what they did do is they got everybody else on board. So the company has constantly tried to do things to separate themselves from the dozens and dozens of apps that have mostly or entirely ripped off their concept. Um, and this week we've got two interesting new things coming. The first is a virtual currency. Uh, the, the system was tested on a small number of users um, and apparently it worked well enough that it's rolling out to everybody. It's a little bit like um, getting xbox points uh, in that you kind of buy points and those points are then used to buy things in the app like boosts and other features you know going gold all of that can be done with this currency but unlike the original xbox points um you can also earn them so if you keep your profile up to date uh maintain more more modern photos, swap things up more frequently, uh, you'll earn some points that you can then use for boosts and such. It's an interesting idea. It definitely feels like it's about four years behind the curve, though, because it was definitely it was definitely like Collision 2018, where all of the in-app currencies were becoming popular. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't know. It does seem. I mean, look, they're trying to increase their engagement, so they're gonna they're gonna try to do that, and they're gonna sure. try to increase engagement by getting people, giving people rewards. I think the lift idea is an interesting is an interesting one. Yeah, 
That's uh, that for me. That's way more interesting than the than the virtual currency stuff. Is is the lift feature? Uh, so I'm a hundred percent with you. The idea that you can essentially buy your match, and I can't say date because I think we all know how Tinder actually works. Um, you can buy your match a lift ride. So I that's that's an interesting idea. You know, younger the the younger generation, the the younger millennial and and older Z are owning cars less, taking Uber and Lyft more, um, even outside of just New York, where a lot, you know, taxis and, and ride shares is re- right, exactly, are really popular because it would be crazy to try and have a car. Um, but this is, yeah. this is the case here in the Tampa area. Um, so, you know, that's, that's an interesting way. It's like a Gen Z equivalent of picking your date up, uh, to take them out to dinner yeah i guess so sure why not i mean it look i mean in, integration is i mean the integration of different services like lyft here is you know is is a decent idea obviously they're trying to stimulate um more like people to just to, to keep up with their profile and keep using the service sure so I mean, they're gamifying, basically gamifying the right. the experience, right? Which, in fairness, and, is what Tinder kind of always was, right? It was right. In, instead of looking through profiles and messaging out to people that you found interesting, Tinder changed it so both people had to say they were interested and then a conversation. So now you've got, you're looking at matches and there's, all of that. Oh, I got a push notification. There's a, I got a new match. Ooh, you know, that that added some gamification to the dating process in general. So, you know, it's not surprising That's that they cool. have stayed That's, in that yeah. mindset, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I the Lyft partnership is a little less uh, partnershipy. Certainly, a little, well, a little more partnershipy and a little less uh, integrated. They they definitely described it as seamlessly integrated, but in reality, you make your purchase in the Tinder app. You send a link to your match that opens in the Lyft app. It's all very not seamlessly integrated, um, but it's not bad. It's not a bad flow but it's not the seamless integration that <laughs> that lyft seems to think it is um but i it's it's a decent idea it's more more direct than you know having to know where they live to be able to send them you know to be able to prepay a thing you can just is send this, them a is credit this a, yeah i mean it seems like a could you argue this is a safety feature? Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I I think I think for sure you can because, you know, having somebody that you have not met come to your home to pick you up is, you know, normally you'd meet, you know, if it it's essentially a blind date almost, right? So you'd normally right, right. meet so- meet at a restaurant or something for that. This gives you the ability to, to send them a car without having to know where that car is headed, only where it's 
meeting up with you, which I think is a right. definitely could be looked at as a safety feature. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good idea. Uh, I like that one. The other one, we'll see how it works out um, in general. Uh, you know, with... I, I, I compared it in the article to Pokemon Go, right? Um, because you earn currency by doing things uh, in, in Pokemon Go, but you earn it fairly quickly. Um, so, you know, at that point, the question is how... What's your turnaround on earning in here versus being able to buy rewards? So that'll be, I think that'll be key is having that balance right that you don't end up with so many points that you don't know what to do with them, but you also uh, don't have to grind like in World of Warcraft to be able to <laughs> to do anything. So, you know, there's there's got to be a good middle ground like what Pokemon Go has done. You know, they found the sweet spot on that, hopefully. Uh, Tinder will be able to do the same thing. This DRM, not included on F5 Live, is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping, but you get a whole lot more. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV movies and documentaries with Amazon Prime Video, free games and a free Twitch subscription with Amazon Prime Gaming and a lot more than that. And to learn more, to get quick links to all of these features, if you're not a subscriber, a 30-day trial, or you can give it as a gift all by going to f5live.tv slash prime. All right, so we're going to stay in the Amazon world, but not in a positive way here for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Was it positive before? I mean, getting free video games is positive. Uh, yes. But um, that's, that's so, true. I'm talking about our previous story. Yeah, about the, the, the top of the story. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, the robot may not be terribly positive, but that doorbell is pretty nice. Anyway, yeah. so what's not nice is Twitch has been hacked. And not just a little bit, a lot of it. Um, in fact, a huge data cache was dropped on 4chan. Um, that comes in at 125 gigs, and it is basically all text. So that's a lot of text. In there is source code for Twitch, <laughs> the Twitch streaming software, um, the I think the partner portal, and a number of other things. But... Leaked source code is unfortunate. What's not great is that, like any hack, usernames and passwords are probably out there. Uh, encrypted passwords, so it's not like uh, Facebook. But uh, they, they are out there, which could be a problem. If you're not on two-factor authentication, definitely turn it on. Recommend changing your password as well. But there's financial stuff that got out. So far, it's not believed that actual bank details, like account and routing numbers, are in the wild or off the servers. But what is out there right now is um, payouts. The amount of money that has been given to streamers, that has been paid to streamers on the platform. And there are some wild numbers. From August 2019, and I'm not 
going to say anybody's name. They're not in the articles because I don't think that's appropriate. But I'm, we're gonna, we are going to talk about some numbers. Um, the top, From August 2019 to October 2021, um, the top paid streamer made $10 million only from Twitch. That does not include pretty- internal, you know, private sponsorships and logos on on the screen, anything like that. Just the stuff so paid from Twitch. Is that Almost per month? 10- or that's total. Is that per month or over the course of two years? Yeah, yeah, it's over the course of the two years. But ten million dollars is a ton of money. Yes, I mean. I would be very happy if someone were to give me ten million dollars. I'll take one million. That would be good too. But even the, over two years, but, uh, even over two years, yes. But if you look, but I'd like to know how much money they brought in for Twitch. Oh, more than that, it, right? I mean, we notoriously, at least, uh, a lot of these YouTube creators or whatever feel really underpaid. Yeah. For what they drive in so i don't know if 10 million dollars is is overpaying or underpaying in fairness a lot of this money comes from subscriptions um of right. which i think it's a 70 30 split um 70 right. to the to the content creator so which is obviously person, way better than like ad revenue on youtube <laughs> so i don't know to me this sounds like a good news story for twitch true right you, I can see that. Hold on a minute. It's almost like they should have leaked it on purpose. <laughs> Maybe because, they didn't. No. I mean, uh, I'm not suggesting that at all. There's scary information don't that's you in think here too. Twitch, don't you think Twitch would like people to know that that their top streamers, their top streamers, are making five million dollars a year? That I, I mean, I will say that the numbers drop quickly. Right. So. so so number so one is ten. One of those 80, number 80, number two is eight and a half. Number three is five point eight. So by number three, so they're a, almost half of number one. Like there's right. there's a pretty so, steep dip. <laughs> right. So in other words, it's not like it's not a common situation at all, right? I mean, there's for every uh, person, you know, that that is making a full time living. Let's not even say a million dollars. A full time living on on twitch mm-hmm. there's probably i don't know a thousand ten thousand others who who are not so absolutely i mean and that was true that's true with youtube also right so i mean i say more power to them the folks who are making this money i think that mm-hmm. i think the the real question i mean it's, it's interesting to know that there are people making that but i'm not surprised at all how much yeah, was Ninja sure. paid for his uh, exclusivity deal uh, when he had one? Uh, more than he was paid um, in this 27-month time period uh, by, I think, three times, if I remember correctly. So, so I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that people are turning this into a viable yeah viable business uh folks should have no illusions that this is that this is a likely scenario for them no because 
Here, here's the thing. I have I have the list of the the top 100, and you pulled one of the names bloop, just out of your head, and right. And well, this isn't. Everybody knows that Ninja is the most monetized streamer, right? Isn't that isn't that common knowledge? Well, from Twitch in this time period. Now, granted, Mixer was in here, so he was gone for for part of this time period. But in this time period, he is 46. But that doesn't include, that doesn't include a lot. That doesn't include his time exclusive at Mixer. That does not include any um, uh, product endorsement deals or uh, co-branding stuff like his his uh, co-branding deal with uh, PSD and stuff like that. There's a lot of ninja product out in the wild that he makes a lot of money on as well. So as far as overall income, yes, I think ninja is probably probably the most monetized um but not from twitch <laughs> um Fair but enough. it is but it is important to note like so number one is 9.6 something million and then if you jump down to number 100 it's only 887,000. so i mean there's there's a whole magnitude <laughs> Right, that drops off, um, it, just in that top one hundred, and there are f millions of of Twitch accounts, so it drops pretty steeply, pretty quickly. Um, but uh, once you get down to number thirty eight, the difference between number thirty eight and number one hundred is only half as opposed to a factor of 10. So there, I, I don't know what 101 through 200 look like, <laughs> uh, but it looks like once that steep drop off happens, it does plateau out a little better. So, I mean, there is a lot to, to be said here, right? There, there is the ability, if you do it right, you could, you can make, a nice living here. These people, that's 440,000 a year ish for number 100. That's not bad. Yeah. Pretty so good. it's definitely interesting. Now the, the problem of course comes in with the fact that this information existed on a server that was publicly available. Yes. And that, that's, that, uh, that's a problem. But, you know, the sad thing is this has become very, very common. Yeah. Right? Were, weren't we talking about T-Mobile data breach just a few mm -hmm. weeks ago? This mm -hmm. uh, this is becoming very, very, very common. Uh, so much so that we might that there needs to be some kind of new security standard. I mean, at least here, we're not talking about people's identification in the sense that you couldn't have an ID theft as a result of this could you so that's our last topic in here the last bit is there's an unknown factor because this 125 gig may not be everything and as a partner there's information that you have to give twitch for example to be paid you've got to fill out tax documents uh, there try your social security number 
there, yeah, if you're being paid as a person as opposed to a corporation, yeah, you're social as part of that, that tax document. So this 125 gigs is still being poured over. We don't know everything that's in this cache, and the hacker claims this isn't all of it. Yeah, so there's our big problem. We don't know what else they have. Um, so... Uh, we don't know what the future holds here. Um, we do know that that Amazon, who is the parent company of Twitch, is working real hard to figure out all of what happened here and how it happened um, and to try and figure out what data was compromised ahead of maybe a second cash release or an auction on the dark web. So that's where we are right now. Um, we know that we know that some financials got out. We know that the stream keys were all uh, compromised and were all regenerated. So if you use a third-party uh, system like we do, you may or may not have to update your stream keys to work. Um, fortunately, um, our system integrates directly, but in the event that yours does not uh, and you have to use a stream key, it's gone. You have to update it. Um, but we don't know what we don't know. And so right now that's the scary the scary bit. For a normal, you know, Twitch viewer, chances are it's not that big of a deal. But for anybody who's affiliate or partner level, like we are, um, there could be I mean, for us it's paid to a corporation, our our EIN is is public record. But you know, if you're a person receiving checks uh, from the partner or affiliate program, your social security number is in a tax document in their system somewhere. So it's not great. We will obviously have to see with time what happens here, whether or not we discover that that something bigger has happened. But, you know, for right now, this is what we know. And obviously, we're going to be keeping an eye on this because this could affect us as well as a company. Because just before this happened, um, we got promoted <laughs> within Twitch and finished <laughs> filling out all the documents. So, oh, sadness. <laughs> oh. Well, that is our show. Thank you to those of you who joined us live. Um, we always tell you, ironically, that Twitch is the place to join us um, because for us it's the easiest. Um, tonight, that absolutely came to fruition when the internet choked and the Facebook stream went away. So, um, <laughs> if you're watching this later on Facebook um, and you have heard what happened, know that Twitch just comes back and works again if that happens so that's one of the reasons we tell people to join us over there um so uh plug hits live is our account over there if you have amazon prime we've mentioned it before you can subscribe you get one free subscription on twitch you can uh help us try and uh pay for <laughs> the the outcome of these data breaches now <laughs> But yeah, you can help us with our coverage that way. We've also got something new and exciting coming over on YouTube very soon. Um, we're not quite ready to announce it yet, but we've got something cool coming out over there. So check us out uh, on that platform as well. Uh, if you can't join us live um, or 
not live on one of those, you can always subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Um, we will again have a weird weekend next weekend because we've got Roboticon and then um, we're actually producing, our production company is actually producing a wedding next weekend in addition to Roboticon. So it's going to be a weird weekend. Hopefully, Avram will say that it's okay to do this again. Uh, yeah, sure. Next, yeah, absolutely. Next weekend. That would be great. Great. So we will see everybody back next Monday for another show. Um, And I guess with that, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Avery. And we'll see you back next week. Ciao.